Welcome to Malpractice Insider, a patient safety podcast of case studies from the Harvard Medical System, from CRICO, the insurance program for all of the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claim. An otherwise healthy 50-year-old woman presented to the emergency department with atypical chest pain. The patient reported some family history of cardiac disease, including an uncle with coronary artery disease. While being seen by a physician assistant, the patient reported pain as non-exertional, intermittent for the past few days, radiating to her right arm with no shortness of breath. The patient's vital signs, EKG and labs, including troponin and potassium, were all within normal limits. While in the ED, the patient's pain increased. A repeat EKG showed peaked T waves consistent with hyperkalemia, hyperactive ischemia, or possibly a variant of normal. The PA interpreted the test as normal. The attending emergency medicine physician was unaware that a second EKG had been done. The PA and the attending met with the patient and discussed their findings. The clinicians told the patient that they felt that her pain was gastrointestinal and that a cardiac cause was ruled out. The patient was directed to schedule a stress test as an outpatient. The next morning, the patient became unresponsive at home and could not be resuscitated. Autopsy revealed that she suffered a heart attack in the setting of atherosclerotic heart disease. The family brought a negligence claim against the PA and the emergency medicine attending. Experts faulted the defendants for discharging the patient too soon, not recognizing the EKG changes, and for not ordering a stress test while she was in the ED. The case was settled in excess of $1 million. To discuss the patient safety and risk management aspects of this case, we are joined now by Dr. Emily Aronson. Dr. Aronson is Associate Chief Quality Officer at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston and Associate Medical Director for Emergency Medicine at CRICO. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, It seems like the issue here really revolves around a misinterpretation of the EKG. Is that right? In many ways, it is. You know, I think first, however, it's important to acknowledge that this is just such a tough case. You know, a patient with an initially negative troponin and a negative EKG who then goes on to have ischemia is is just really tricky. So in that way, you know, I actually think some of this lies in the challenge of atypical presentations um, and being able to recognize that. With that said, I I think the thing that makes this case sort of less of a zebra um, is that the patient's pain increased while in the ED. And so to me, that's really the inflection point in this case, the place where things really changed and where the team, I think, did have an opportunity to recognize what is a much more familiar pattern. Um, And so I think to that end, um, you know, what worked well here is that the team did what they should have done in the setting of increasing new or different chest pain, which is that they got an EKG. Um, What they didn't do, unfortunately, is interpret the test correctly. And I think there's sort of several contributing factors around that, which which I'm sure we'll discuss more about. So that's a risk, that, that a test gets misinterpreted in the ED. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think it's definitely um, a risk in EDs now and, and definitely a piece of this case. 
um, I think, you know, this is especially true if you work in a community hospital where you may be responsible for interpreting things like x-rays or other imaging studies overnight, for example, when there may not be radiologists there. Um, and actually now with the proliferation of ultrasound, you really have all kinds of clinicians PAs, nurse practitioners, residents, attendings, um, all sort of wielding these ultrasounds, um, but with variable degrees of comfort obtaining or interpreting the images. So, so I think this is actually a, an evolving area of risk. What do you do about that? There are several things. Um, the first is that it's really important to know what your resources are um, to sort of escalate real time. So, you know, I think in this case, the attending was right there in the ED. So perhaps it's less about knowing the resources as it is about making sure that that a part of the expected practice is is escalating the interpretation of tests. So EKGs, imaging studies, making sure that the attendings are a part of reviewing those images. Um, and so perhaps it's, it's sort of more about scope of practice and being really clear about that around image interpretation um, for things like EKGs, but again, also for x-rays and for ultrasound especially. I think, you know, the second is is knowing what happens when tests are overread after the fact. Um, you know, we certainly see cases where overreads have come back after patients have been discharged um, and that the docs and the APPs, they're off shift and the radiologist thinks it's their responsibility and sort of everyone thinks it's someone else's responsibility to contact the patient and, and the patient doesn't get contacted. And so, again, I think that's sort of a bit of an aside for this case. But, you know, in this case, I think it's really about clear expected actions, like, you know, having attendings interpret all EKGs. That's just a clear expected action. And then what's super important is that having a system in place to ensure it happens. So, for example, you know, whenever a nurse prints an EKG, it gets brought to the attending physician to see. They have to review it and sign it before it gets brought to the responding clinician, if that's someone different than the attending. Um, so that could be a system and a clear sort of process to help ensure that the, that the expectations um, are met every time. And, and what about communication? How did that play a role? So, you know, I think similarly, um, there's a theme around sort of clear expected actions as it relates to communication. So, you know, within the communication domain, um, there were a couple of things that emerged for me in sort of reviewing this case. I think the biggest is expectation that's set for APPs around supervision and escalation. So, when are things expected to be escalated? Um, is it when someone's condition changes? Is it related to new tests that require interpretation, um, like EKGs or ultrasounds? Um, or, or is it perhaps immediately before discharge? Um, and, and that's one example that I think is, is a really powerful concept, um, which is this idea of a sort of pre-discharge timeout, um, which is a concept that, that started to be circulated uh, in recent years. And the idea is that sort of right before a decision that is really going to change the course of care, so admission or, or especially discharge, um, that it's time for really a timeout, you know, a time to just pause and say, 
have new tests come back? What are the patient's most recent vitals? How's their pain? Um, And that can be a really powerful practice to ensure that things that have changed during the course of care, which which is really the crux of this case, um, that they're appreciated. And then an opportunity to really ensure that if something has changed, that it doesn't get missed. Um, And I think, you know, in sort of the absence of departmental expectations within your shop, um, a part of this is really on the attending to make the expectation clear at the beginning of their shift. So to really sort of create, you know, an environment in which it's clear to APPs that you work with that you want to hear about these things, you know, that you want to partner in the care of these patients as their clinical picture evolves. Um, Because I think oftentimes, you know, EDs are are so busy uh, that many members of the team, you know, are sort of reticent to grab the attending for things that don't seem really emergent. Um, And so setting the expectation at the beginning of the shift for your team, I think, is really important. Um, you know, and I think actually that the inverse, if you're an APP, you know, having that discussion clearly with the docs that you're working with, you know, saying something like, hey, I would love to feel like I can take touch base with you um, today if things change or I have questions. You know, I'm thinking that right before discharging a patient or if their condition seems to have changed, you know, does that sound okay? Um, and I think you'd be reticent to find a doc that would say no to that. Um, and I think it's helpful to just sort of name the behavior that then comes later so that the doc sort of clearly sees it for what it is, which is just really safe practice. Very interesting and and multi-level issues in this case. And I, I wonder, any other thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, just to say that, that this is just a really powerful and yet I think really common case in many ways. Um, the issues we discussed of sort of atypical presentations, of evolving clinical pictures, supervision, escalation, these are just all such perennial issues. And, and yet they're ones that we have, I think, increasingly good mechanisms to ensure that, that they don't lead to harm. So I think, you know, the more that we can understand both at the individual level, what we can do as practitioners on a shift and also at the system level, sort of how can we advocate or participate um, for the design of systems to support support safer care around these um, will really go a long way uh, in the care for sort of safe patient care. Thank you very much, Dr. Aronson. Dr. Emily Aronson is the Associate Chief Quality Officer at Massachusetts General Hospital and Associate Medical Director for Emergency Medicine at CRICO. I'm Tom Agello from Malpractice Insider. Thank you for listening to Malpractice Insider, a podcast of case studies from CRICO in the Harvard Medical System. Find all of our podcasts at www.rmf.harvard.edu slash podcasts and subscribe. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and then rate and review the show to help others find it too.